0: again because the Lord's Prayer leads us into the section of Scripture that we will be in today. So please pray with me the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You guys may be seated. And as you're seated, you can turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Uh, Verse 16 through 18 is where we're at today. And I was hoping to get to the the next section as well before Advent. But next week we're going to take a break in Matthew and start Advent. And so this will be our last uh, section in Matthew until the beginning of the year. But Matthew 6, uh, 16 through 18 says this. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So today we're going to be talking about fasting. And before we get there, how many of us have practiced fasting? Okay. So some of us do and some of us don't. And fasting is kind of like prayer. Here it's linked to prayer, but it's done with our whole body. And it is connecting the prayer that Jesus just gave us to pray, and it's connecting um, us to this idea of fasting. And both ways are ways in prayer and in fasting that we get to learn how to trust Jesus, right? Prayer is an act of trust, okay? We're, We're saying these words, we're saying them under God, we're letting go of ourselves and we're doing the same way through fasting that we might be able to die to self so that god might be glorified and prayer has benefits for us and so does fasting right but the active agent in both is god father son holy spirit working together and as we learn to listen in god and trust that he knows what's best for our prayers our prayers change don't they And as we taste and see the goodness uh, and the love of God that he has for his children, we want more of this in his ways in our lives. Amen. So if you notice, this scripture starts off with the word and when and when you do. And then verse 17, but when you fast, Um, it starts off here. Jesus is presupposing that we do actually fast. Jesus is saying it, and the Jewish culture at that time would have been, and uh, the community that Jesus was a part of, was a community that practiced fasting. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, they understood fasting as, as a culture far more than we do from a practical standpoint at least. So fasting is not very popular in our culture, and it isn't practiced much, to be honest. Um, it seems to be reserved for only certain situations, or something like that, right? And so it's, we don't practice fasting mainly because we live in a culture that celebrates abundance. Now, there is a time and a place to celebrate abundance and the abundance that we give into, um, that we might, uh, um, but we might, in order to better appreciate the abundance that God has given us, uh, more fasting might be helpful in this area. I've heard people say that times of sorrow, in times of trial, what does it do? It makes joy all the sweeter, right? And so I would suggest that fasting and taking time to be intentionally in lack makes us appreciate what we have all the more. And so we have so much abundance that we have a hard time understanding fasting, right? I mean, in the United States, we have to Uh, We don't have to go without, generally speaking. Even some think it is extreme to go without, like, oh, you're one of those, like you're one of those, whatever that may mean to you. But even in our culture, and, and I would suggest the kingdom that we live in, it suggests this. All the advertising is this, more is better this extra thing will make you happier, smarter, more beautiful, whatever it may be, right? Bigger is better. And to do without is really just depriving yourself. And by the way, you deserve a little extra. Look at how much you've done, right? Fasting can help break us from this cycle that is all around us. It can help. It can help us Break out of the kingdoms of this world and break into the kingdom of God as Jesus is teaching it. Remember, he's teaching us about prayer and fasting in accordance to what he's teaching us about his kingdom. And fasting is a good reminder to us of all that we have. And yet at the same time, how many of us, the first time we prayed, we just felt like we were on fire prayer warriors. Like it was just something that we're so good at right away. No, probably none of us. In fact, some of us, uh, I know for me personally, I can speak of me. Uh, I felt guilty a lot that I wasn't doing it enough. I wasn't doing it first thing in the morning. I wasn't doing it at all times. But fasting is like prayer in this way. It takes practice. It's simple, right? Don't eat. Um, And yet, the more we practice it, the more that we learn to place our trust in God. And fasting is a physical reminder that our trust is not in our own efforts, That all that we have is sustained by God and given by God. And we, um, let's put it this way. We wouldn't have food unless who provided it. Unless God provided it. Like we wouldn't have, we sing that song every now and again. The breath in our lungs is breath that God gave us. We, um, tomorrow isn't promised, but we trust that God will give it to us as a gift. And we want to live into it, right? In this section of scripture, Jesus is really talking about three things. So we've mentioned prayer and fasting, but the other one is giving as well. So prayer and, and fasting and pr- uh, prayer, fasting and giving are linked together. And these are three things that are helpful that we all need practice in. We all need growth in, and we all need to continue in as we follow Jesus. So fasting throughout the years has been taught as a spiritual discipline. But I would suggest that it, should be a gr- uh, it, it would be a great spiritual practice right and and it is taught as something that we ought to do but how we do it is entirely up to us most sermons that i've heard about soft, uh, about fasting actually softening up fasting by saying it's really not talking about food but jesus is really talking about food here and some would suggest that jesus was not only talking about food but food and drink for like an entire 24 hour period but in our culture and I've done this so I'm not I'm not blaming others or anything like that but I've talked about fasting like from TV for a week to dedicate yourself to prayer use your TV pr- prayer uh, time, uh, use your TV time for prayer time, or fasting from XYZ, whatever you're into, or whatever you're overindulging in, maybe, maybe it's sports or YouTube or video games or social media, or, um, and if we fast in some of these other ways, then this is what's taught. And I don't think I've taught this, but then we don't have to fast from food. Now, I'm not your doctor. So just to beware, and you may want to consult your doctor, or you may have a medical condition that uh, prevents you from fasting food, or it's not suggested for for kids either. Um, and you may, you may be too young to fast for a 24-hour period of time, but when the scripture talks about fasting, it is talking about fasting from food. That's what it is. And by the way, even though I'm not a doctor, you won't starve to death if you fast for 24 hours, and your body won't start to eat itself, as I've heard in the past, all the different excuses that kind of come in. It is a good thing, by the way, to fast from TV, social media, whatever else you find taking too much of your time. But again, here, Jesus is talking about fasting from food. The Jewish culture used to fast from food for an entire day, twice a week. At least the religious community did this. And you could tell when they were fasting, many of them would walk around like, oh, I'm so weak and famished. I don't have any food. And they would look, walk around weaker than normal or they would downcast their face you know, so that you could see that something wasn't going right for them or something wasn't doing you know, them justice. And so they'd walk. Jesus said they looked gloomy, right? So it's just downcast and overset. And Jesus here gives us a do and a don't with fasting. It, don't flaunt it. Don't show everybody that you're doing this thing, but do it in secret. Don't pretend like you're more famished than you are. Because by the way, if you practice fasting for a long time, 24 hours, sometimes it's harder than others, but it's never like, oh, I have no energy. It's not like that. And, and those who practice fasting know, know that. And so let God see what you are doing. Prayer and fasting and giving are all done in this way. They're all done in this way. Let God see it. No one else's opinion matters. If someone else sees you give, that's fine. But don't do it so that they see it. So same thing with fasting. No one else's opinion matters. Fasting will offer its benefits. It does. Many of the benefits are a complete mystery. And we won't see them all. But we are blessed to know that we are doing what Jesus asked of us. Many have suggested that fasting is a more serious time of prayer. And I think sometimes I've, I've been uh, like in my heart all week thinking, is this what I believe? Because sometimes I do, I think. And it can be like it's a more concentrated, uh, but, and it is more concentrated, but I don't know if it's more serious. I guess for some, and, and me included, it must be at times. God loves it when we fast, but we don't fast to prove to God how our, the serious nature of our prayers. That's not why we fast. See, we can have regular fasts like once or twice a week like they used to do it. But there's also certain fasts for certain seasons. So, for example, Advent and Lent in the Christian calendar are two seasons where uh, fasting is encouraged. Uh, and so that is um, one area where we can practice fasting. And so... Um, Or there are also situational fasts, like when you're facing a situation or in your life or in the life of someone else that you can't do anything and God may call you in that season to fast and it can be used as a tool for the great work of intercession as we pray for others or we pray for our own lives. We can offer this fast up as we offer up our prayers and in this we need to listen for when God wants us to fast because the Holy Spirit will lead us in this way. Will lead us in this way. Fasting may be used to show dedication or devotion to the prayer request that you have before God. And I don't, um, but at the same time, just like our prayers and the mounting up of words don't twist God's arm, neither will fasting. It's not if I pray hard enough or if I fast hard enough, God will answer us. That's not it. God is so good that he gives us our daily bread and he knows better what we need than we do and he gives it to us, doesn't he? And we can be dedicated to God in prayer without fasting. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We can be seriously devoted to him without fasting. But it is something that I believe that we need to be aware that the Holy Spirit might uh, invite us into and lead us into. And then when the Holy Spirit does that, that we might not resist when it is presented to us. This whole body form of spiritual practice has its tremendous benefits. As we deprive ourselves of food for a period of time, as with the things of God, it brings some gifts as well. Fasting helps Uh, Well, and it says, your father who sees in secret will reward you. And so sometimes we think about the missing out on food, but there's also rewards that God gives gives us. And one of these rewards is it helps teach our soul dependence on Jesus. It just does. I believe that the Psalms are the prayer book of the Bible and they help us in our long apprenticeship in prayer. And one of the great things of the Psalm is trust in God. That we trust trust him always and forever that his we trust in his timing we trust in his loving kindness we trust in his grace we trust him when we celebrate and we trust him when we mourn we trust him in all times doesn't matter what part of the path we are on with jesus if we're on it we get to trust him and trust is something is if we use the psalms as a prayer book to teach us to pray Trust is something that we pray over and over and over again because we need to learn to trust Jesus. This is no easy task, and it's something that needs to happen consistently, right? Because we can lose our trust for a little bit, gain it back, and yet be strengthened. And so, this is no easy task, but it is one of the benefits of fasting that it is a deepening of learning to trust that our dependence is on Jesus and not on ourselves, not on our food, not for grace. Not just for grace, but for all things. Jesus is our all in all. And fasting does help us realize that. Another benefit is that we, as we deprive ourselves of food, it can help bring a closeness to God, maybe an awareness at times. It can remind us um, oftentimes of sin, which in and hopefully in the Christian tradition, when we think of sin, it leads us to repentance. Which repentance is granted to us by the kindness of God, which leads us to understand that we are forgiven from how much, for from a lot. And as we focus on this repentance and uh, conviction, and repentance and forgiveness, we can see how great our God is. We can see that Jesus life and his death and his burial and his resurrection we can see what it means for us personally more clearly. We can see that the suffering that Jesus went through on the cross in a new light. In part because we're volunteering to just say, "Hey, we're going to go without. We're going to do this." And the truth is is that unconfessed sin sometimes can keep us distant from God and keep us from trusting and following Jesus. Fasting can help us know that we, what we might need to confess before God. And when we repent, the joy of our salvation can be restored to us. Amen. And we will have a more willing spirit to follow what Jesus has for us. We will have closeness with God. And we, again, we can have this without fasting, but fasting is helpful in this. In Psalm 51, 12, a great psalm about repentance says this, after he's repented, restore to me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. And that's what God gives us when we come to him. And there's another benefit that I want to mention about fasting that science has finally come around to. And if you've read, uh, Mo and I were talking this morning about fasting and it's kind of a hot topic, right? You can buy a hundred different books on fasting right now. There's t- hundred different types of fast. And but as science comes around to it, God's already seen fit that like yeah this this is good. Another benefit is physical health. It turns out that fasting from time to time is really good for your body. Just period, it's really good for your body. More and more research is coming out that fasting is helpful. It helps uh, helps you concentrate. It kind of clears your mind. It gives your digestive system a much needed rest because it turns out that uh, when you turn off your gut, all the energy that goes into making your gut work goes into other parts of your bodies and it starts to work on like a cellular level. It starts to do things in your body that benefit your body. So not only are we being rewarded by our father, but there are these benefits that God gives us over and over and over again, that we might be able to see and trust in Jesus, have our trust deepen, that we might be able to repent and, and have a, a closeness with God. And that, um, again, that it just helps our body. I know that fasting for me helps me sleep. It helps my sleep uh, from when I do fast. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. And it actually, there's a period in there where I feel like I have more energy than when I don't fast, actually. And so fasting can and does bring us into a sharper focus as we offer up our prayers to Jesus. And uh, I, But I want it for a minute, I do want to get back to the do's and don'ts of fasting. As I've said, that fasting is something that we practice. the The more we do it, the more we see the benefits, and it's like prayer in this way, right? It's like prayer in this way. And I'm assuming... Um, well, we, we saw who fasted and who doesn't today. That's not to boast. It's, we can still do this in secret, but, um, as I, i practiced fasting for over 20 years in a spiritual form, not every week, but it's been a fairly regular discipline of mine. And I think that, uh, I, I don't, um, I don't really like offering up practical suggestions all the time because I don't want or need you to do things the way that I do them. I've seen too many times in sermon where the pastors get up and say, "Well, this is the way you do it." Well, that's the way you do it, but that's not the way that it has to be done. I'm a creative thinker, so anytime somebody says that, I'm like, "Yeah, there's other ways too." So, so, um, but I do want to offer up this because fasting, um, uh, fasting is something like a spiritual fast is something that I, I believe is helpful, and it might uh, some practical tips might. Uh, be helpful and so I want to use the word spiritual fasting in this right because there is now that we mentioned the health benefits and all the words about fasting and I know intermittent fasting is different and like fasting for your physical body is different but fasting spiritually is first the discipline it's something that you come to and and we just do it like prayer right even Jesus said here but when you fast that's that's when you do this thing that we might not see the benefits every time we fast. We need to realize this because it doesn't mean that fasting isn't working because that's not why we do it or that what we're doing is wrong. We are uh, doing it wrong. If we go around like, like Jesus says here, like, Oh, I'm just fasting so hard right now. And it's just destroying me. That's fasting wrong. Or we're doing it so that others might see it. That's, doing it wrong. But if we do it as unto the Lord, then we are spiritually fasting. And then we're not going to be doing it wrong. If we practice intermittent fasting for health reasons or any kind of fasting for health reasons, I'd suggest that we dedicate our fast to Jesus in this way and give him this time. Then it can have a double benefit, right? It can have a double benefit. And I would say this, fasting isn't the same as prayer. You don't have to pray the whole time you are fasting. It helps. It's good to do this. When you think about, I've heard oftentimes when you think about food, then pray, whatever it is you're praying. But you don't have to do that. Fasting is a different discipline than prayer. I think that it's, it's, uh, they're connected, but they're not exactly the same. And so you don't have to have an air of prayer about you the entire time you uh, fast except for the fact that we are to pray without ceasing. So that should be there anyway. It would be since since it's there, I know us all, so since it's there for us anyway, every single moment of the day and we're praying without ceasing, then what we do is we fast and then we go about our day as normal, minus the food, of course. Minus the food. And it would be great if you were able to pair fasting with prayer, but the act itself is offering is an offering of trust lord i trust you that you will sustain me i remember when i first started fasting i would spend so much of the time feeling grumpy i was grumpy because i was hungry i was probably hangry a lot of times right <clears throat> mo you ha, have you ever witnessed this in me um i always felt like i was fasting wrong but maybe uh, I was just out of practice or out of sync. Maybe it was something that I was just getting into and it was part of the learning curve of fasting. That's the way I think about it now because I I thought that there was a right way and a wrong way of doing it. And I've learned since that that's not the case. And though there is a well, there is a wrong way that Jesus says here, when our hearts are right though, there isn't a wrong way to fast. There isn't a wrong way to fast. And I want us to have the freedom to simply practice fasting without worrying about getting it right or wrong because that's a that's a big thing i think in, in prayer and in fasting and dis and in giving like when we get down to the nuts and bolts of it if our hearts are right this is a good thing that's what jesus is teaching us here and in the in our um now in this another helpful hint is in jesus culture they would have fasted from sundown to sundown. And so what they would have done is they would have eaten a big meal and finished right before sundown. They would have eaten a big meal and then they would be ready to eat another meal right after the sunset on the next day. And this is a, honestly, this is a really great way to go about fasting. And so if you eat a, a bigger meal that's full of nutrients and then fast, and I'm not suggesting gluttony, like you just stuff yourself all over, but I am suggesting that you load up that you maybe eat just a little bit more than normal, that you load up, and most of the time, when I fast, I do it from breakfast to breakfast. I will eat a breakfast, and I'll eat a good, hearty breakfast, and then I won't eat again until breakfast the next day. Maybe for you, it may be lunch or dinner to dinner, but having it planned out and being ready is a good way to get started. This is a good practice for us. But, But the last practical suggestion I I would give is this fast. Simply do it practice. Do it like, like Jesus said, when you do fast again, there's so much mystery in fasting. It can't be explained. And I have to say, I didn't write this part down, but I was thinking about it like this as I think about fasting. So this last year we took vacation and we take vacation in part for joy, but in part out of discipline, just taking a break, trusting God with the work that has to be done. And this last year uh, honestly felt more like a discipline for me than it did a real joy. Like the whole entire trip was more difficult than uh, other vacations in the past. And I think this is, but I, I told Mo on the drive home, I was like, I think this vacation has been like a discipline for us. We'll see the benefits of it later. And the truth is, is that we have. We have seen the benefits of this discipline. And so when we fast, we can't fully explain why. But when we do, there are benefits that God has for us. And I don't think that fasting makes prayer work or it's like a a power up for your prayers, right? Um, But you know what? It can be. It can be, to be honest. It can be something that that sometimes fasting benefits our, our prayer life in a very powerful way. So when I say fast, do it, I'm saying that we all should be open to hearing the Holy Spirit's invitation into this practice that he has for us. I'm saying that we should all uh, be aware that God sees us and he knows us and that he will reward us. And those of us who do partake in fasting will have this reward. We may not see the rewards right away, but Jesus promised that they would be there and that as we do fast in secret that God who sees in secret will also reward us and he will do this his word will not go void he doesn't say how he will reward us he doesn't say when he just says that he does okay and so and he does so fasting should not be done uh this is a this is a disclaimer in here uh again I'm not a doctor uh but I play one on tv what was that? What was a line? I think that was a funny line that somebody said one time. <laughs> fasting should not be done by those who have not hit pu- puberty yet. Even in Jewish culture, it wouldn't, they, they didn't start until they became of a certain age. Even though it was a, a culture of fasting as well, uh, um, as well, there are medical conditions that may prevent us from fasting. And Jesus knows this. Jesus knows our body. There are some traditions that practice fasting and that they, they don't practice it. For the, they only practice it for those who are over 18 and under 70, while others start at like 12 to 14 and go throughout the, your entire life. And I pray that we would use wisdom. And in this wisdom that we would hear from the Holy Spirit when and how to fast. And I'd, I'd encourage us all to explore fasting as a spiritual practice, something that we get to participate in. Again, you don't have to be perfect at it, but we can just continue. And I pray that fasting will become a part of who we are as grace and mercy as a people. So out of these three, three things, Jesus talks about us to, to us here about prayer, fasting, and giving. You know, I believe that grace and mercy, we are a people of prayer. I believe that we are a people of giving. Fasting is something out of these three. Fasting is something that we can we can grow in. We can grow in prayer and giving as well. But today we're talking about fasting, and so I pray that we might allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and grow us in this way. So, Father, I thank you so much that you've connected prayer and fasting, Lord. I pray that you will uh, let uh, let us practice fasting in a in a very sincere way, Lord, that not as a magic trick to get what we want, but Lord, as as a way to just honor you. And and Lord, I pray that as we do practice fasting, spiritual fasting, that you will teach us uh, what it is that we are to do, how we are to do it, how the attitudes that we have can go about it. And Lord, that you will just allow us, uh, allow us this benefit, allow us the rewards that you promise in fasting. In Jesus' name, amen.